Hi, I'm Corey of Conversations with Corey, who is ready for raw and honest conversations about life, faith, struggles, and things that bring you joy, things that make you furious. What have you overcome? Where does resilience come from? Join me as I have insightful, honest, and raw conversations with a variety of everyday people walking out their faith in truth and love. I can't wait. See you soon. Hey everyone, this is Corey of Conversations with Corey. Welcome back to my podcast. This is a really um, special topic today because this topic has to do with assignment. And what have you been assigned to do in your life? What has been the thing that you've been called to do? What has been the thing that gives you passion? What has been the thing that you know that you're supposed to be doing? Sometimes our assignments are amazing. And sometimes they're hard. And sometimes they're a mixture of both. Mostly the mixture of both. But regardless, they're unique to us and for us to do. And no one else can do it quite like we can. I want to start by um, reading um, out of the scriptures. I want to start by reading 1 Corinthians 13. And that is because it is one of the verses in my life that has been really um, paramount in staying true to my assignment, the place that God has given me to do in this life. And I want to do it well. So I go back to, have I loved well? Because at the end of the day, if I've done this assignment well, then my measuring stick is love. Have I shown love? And have I been able to receive love? And if the, if the focus of my assignment is getting it done, it's not always going to be about love. And I don't know about you, but I get focused sometimes on the task at at hand and lose sight of the end result I'm actually wanting. And one of the keys to successful assignments and completing an assignment is, is, is remembering why we're doing something. Not the what, but the why. Not the how, but the why. The end result of what we want to get out of this assignment why did we say yes in the first place why did we step into this thing is we question those things especially when we're having a difficult time fulfilling it or it's not what we thought it would be our expectations have been you know we just it's not what we thought it was going to look like in fact I would dare to say that most assignments most calls are not what we think you ever moved somewhere or gone somewhere or or shifted direction and you had this idea in your mind about what it was going to look like and what it was going to be like and when you get there you realize it has 
almost nothing to do with why, what drew you to do that thing or what drew you to come. But it's always good, even if it's hard. And, and it turns out for the best if we don't quit. And so I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to start from that launching pad of this is what love looks like. And every assignment that we have should be with the focus of are we, do, is it about love? Ultimately, is it about love? So it says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not brag. It is not puffed up. It does not behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way. It is not provoked. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will pass away. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish things away. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part but then I will, I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Dare I say to you, this is me talking now, not the scriptures. Dare I say to you that the most prophetic thing you can do, the thing that you should be able to lay your life down for without ever looking back, is love love looks like something love looks like sacrifice love looks like laying down your will and your own way for the way of someone else for the way of the higher good for the way of the greater goal for the way of the the ultimate assignment love makes the way but we sometimes get in the way of that Our assignments seem exciting, and they are. But ultimately, it's a sobering thing to be handed an assignment that could shift atmospheres, lives, homes, cities, places. It's a sober thing to think about the cost of that assignment, the cost of love. What is it costing you? What does it cost to 
lay down your will, your way, your plans, your future, and trust that love will find its way through a place when you can't even see which way it's going. And especially when you've thought it was going to, you know, your assignment was one thing and it turned out to be another. How do you grapple with that? Because in assignment, if it's from God, if it's something that you're made for, born for, it, it can be lonely. It can be hard. But it's ultimately, it's, it's important to remember in the middle of that place where we can get caught up in all the how-tos and, and whatnots, it's, it's good to remember that ultimately it's about love. When my husband and I were at a midwifery conference in 2012 and I'm I was at a prayer meeting with a whole bunch of midwives from all over the world and the midwife that was speaking that day was one that was being um, prosecuted by another state for um, something that happened at a birth And, and you know things happen all day long at hospitals and with medical um, personnel but for some reason when it happens to a midwife it it um, it just seems like we just get the grunt of it it's like there's this skepticism about our training skepticism about you know what we did or didn't do even though we're, we're we're professionals in normal birth and we've had training and you know um it, it could be it could be three thousand births perfect and one gone wrong and it's, it's it seems to be a, a thing. But we were at this prayer meeting and this woman was talking about her experience being prosecuted and we were all praying and and the Holy Spirit. Um, we're in the circle of women. We're all standing around this big circle and we're in this, this circle and this woman says she's talking about her life and everybody's kind of praying out loud. And the Holy Spirit says to me, go kneel in front of her. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to go kneel in front of this lady, in front of all these people. I mean, that was my first human response. I was like, no, that's just weird. They're going to think I'm being so weird. And, and I just kept hearing like this impression, like go kneel in front of her and ask her to pray for you. Because I recognized that when she was going through something really hard, I needed that for my life. I needed that perseverance, that not giving up, that she was on assignment. And I knew that I needed to go to her, the one that was struggling, the one that was going through this. I needed her blessing, her prayers more than I needed any person, you know, highly successful person to pray for me. I needed the prayers of this person that he had humility and that knew they were weak and that were at the mercy of God. And so I, I went and knelt in front of her and I was so embarrassed. I just, I was just like, really God? <laughs> so I went and knelt in front of her and as I was kneeling in front of her, she put her hands on my head and I asked her to bless me. And she put her hands on my head and she said nothing. She just laid her hands on my head and was quiet. 
but I could hear her prayers loudly, even though she didn't physically say anything over me. And I was on my knees for a while, and then when I opened my eyes, I looked around, and everybody else in the room had gone to kneel in front of another granny midwife, another senior midwife, and asked for a blessing and done the same thing. So I was now not the only one in the room on my knees, which was pretty cool. Um, But the next day, my daughter and I were going to get some breakfast in the hotel, And this woman approached me and she said, you know, I had a dream about you last night. And I said, okay. And she said, in the dream, in the dream, I I knew that you, you would come to work with me in this other state. And you were working with me and you had moved here to help me. And, and, um, and so I said, well, where do you live? And, and then she told me and she said Pennsylvania and and I I think I actually laughed out loud I think I said like huh I'm never leaving California and you know make me eat my words three years later I actually did go and work with this person for a number of weeks and she did invite me to come and live here and work here. And we did move across country on assignment. And you know, it's interesting when God calls you somewhere and, and, and you know, and, and maybe like Jonah, I'm like, I am going, I'm not going to Nineveh. Like, you know, I want to go to Nineveh, Lord. He's like, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> And, but we got here, we moved across country and the day we arrived, I knew that I knew that I knew that this, this next season actually didn't involve staying and working with this person. And that was really hard because I've just moved my entire family three and a half days of driving across the country, quit my job, left my friends, left my fellowship, and went to somewhere where no one lives that I know. And I had never been anywhere else but this particular um, place. And so, but I knew that, I knew that I was on assignment. I knew that God had called me. And even if it... You know, it's funny, even if things don't work out the way you think they're supposed to, because God had called me here, I didn't just turn around and leave. Because even if somebody else had called me as well and wanted me to come work with them and it didn't work out, it didn't matter because God had called me ultimately, not the person, and but the Lord and so here I am, I landed in this um, state of Pennsylvania and I almost, I knew not a soul and we, we called some intercessors and we, we knew that we needed prayer. <laughs> we knew we needed to seek the Lord on to next steps because I knew that 
for whatever reason, this next step of coming to help this particular midwife wasn't it. It, it was coming here, but that wasn't it. And I just had, I literally had no peace. And I usually try to follow the peace. And so we called a friend in um, California who called a friend in um, Philadelphia, who called a friend in, um, in another nearby town. And an hour later, these perfect strangers, these Mennonite people, came to our door and, and asked us if we wanted to come home with them. And so we packed up our stuff and um, didn't move into our new house and left just like that. And, and the Lord provided the people because of the assignment. And it was, it was, it was a supernatural provision because I mean, literally we knew no one and we were brought into this home. We were fed. We have these things called bologna sandwiches, which is like this um, kind of a Mennonite um, Amish um, sandwich. I'd never heard it before. It's called, um, they called it a bologna in, was it bologna in bread or bologna in cheese? I don't even know. But it was just like, it's like this meat, like process, like salami bologna sandwich. And you have this bologna sandwich and and they fed us some food and, and we cried a lot because we were not sure what we were doing. I just thought, you know, you start to think like, did I miss it, Lord? Did I, did I not hear you right? Because I thought you were, I was sent on assignment. Did I, did I misunderstand what you said? Because when I didn't, when I first didn't feel peace, the very first thing I, I asked the Lord, as I said, is this not it? I mean, can you imagine maybe three and a half days across country 3,000 miles to another place where you've never been before and and suddenly there's like no peace (laughs) I'm like have I just ruined my family have I just destroyed us all and the Lord spoke to me in that moment he said just worship me and I thought oh I'm in trouble if God is just telling me to worship him I'm in I'm in trouble like I'm gonna need I need more than I can possibly get myself so um I'm in this Mennonite's home they've taken us in they're feeding us they they found us a bed and breakfast the next day and that person happened to have an opening and they put us up and fed us and loved us and prayed with us and it was like a landing pad had just been like a carpet had just been rolled out in front of us and every step of the way was favor and every step of the way was provision. And one of the ways you can know that you are in assignment and on assignment is that you can watch the provision. Because even if things don't go the way that you think they do, they should and they rarely do go that way, the favor will still follow you because you've obeyed. Because there's that obedience factor. When you say yes to your assignment, you said yes to that assignment and everything in its in that assignment's way is cleared out before you get there and that's how we felt we felt like wow how is this happening we get taken in by these strangers we get fed we get taken home we spend the weekend with them we go to a bed and breakfast they put us up for the week and then one of the elders from the Mennonite church said hey do you want to go to this um this prayer meeting in the in the, in the city 
I said, well, how far in the capital? I said, well, how far away is that? They said about an hour. I said, okay. So I, 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 we didn't have a place to live yet. We, our, our family was actually getting on an airplane that following Tuesday morning, they were going to get on a plane and they were going to land here and we were supposed to have a house to, you know, move into. And it's because I had, um, decided not to take that job because I didn't have peace about it. We suddenly had nowhere to live in a moving van full of our possessions. And so we, we, we went, I went to this prayer meeting and, and, and I was thinking, well, it's going to be perfect because I can ask for prayer and I can tell them what I need and what what's happening. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking this in my mind and I hear the Lord say, don't say a word. And I'm thinking, really? I can't even like tell them what's happening, ask for help. I mean, this is like Monday night. So my family's arriving like the very next day and I, we have nowhere to live. My my grandchildren have come with us and, and my daughter and her husband and we have nowhere to live. And we've come a long way and I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I mean, we're going to run out of money eventually. My husband's disabled, so it's just us. But there was something that rose up in me that said, no, God called me here. People believed me, believed that call and prayed over us and sent us with their love. And so I'm going to stand and believe that this is what I'm supposed to do. And if God calls, he provides. So I... I went to this prayer meeting. I walk in. It was a beautiful worship night. We have prayer. And at the very end, I'm waiting by the door for this elder to get done. And he comes over and introduces us to the, I guess, one of, like the, one of the leaders in the house and says, hey, this is so-and-so. They're from California. They just moved here. They Everything kind of fell through the last minute. They're looking for a house. And he's like, oh, I know a house for rent. It's about... 10 minutes from here and I'm thinking huh and then he happens to know someone that I know in California now how random is that and that person he called him and said hey do you guys still have a house for rent they said actually we do can you guys meet with my this person is here right now can you meet with her tomorrow morning so I get this phone call like seven o'clock in the morning the next day my meanwhile my family is arriving on the airplane at nine o'clock so this is like two hours before they arrive and and I'm driving um, to go see this house, and we pull up. Uh, we pull up the house at, at nine o'clock. We, our families arrived at the airport. They're they're getting ready to load the plane. I walk through the whole house, and I and I and I I knew instantaneously knew this is your house. You ever had that feeling where you just walk into something and you just know this is it. This is it. This is the assignment. This is your house. Meanwhile. I mean, I literally did not know where I was. I've never been to the city in my life. I didn't know anyone in this place. I didn't know what direction anything was. I, I knew nothing. And we walk in and we look around and I'm looking at this house and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is this is our house. And I come downstairs and the lady says, hey, we've had a lot of applications, but I really feel the Lord on you. If you want this house, it's yours. And we're just, I'm just like, what? And I, and she says, I don't need to collect any money from you. Here's the application. Here's the key. You're welcome to, to move in today if you want. And I am just floored. 
I'm floored because it's the assignment that you know that I that I knew was from the Lord. It was the faith to come, and even though things weren't working out, God had provided for me this place to live, and 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 giving me the key to the house without first last deposit, nothing. Just here's the key. It was incredible. It was incredible blessing, incredible favor. An assignment comes with blessing. An assignment comes with favor, but it doesn't mean that you that you get it the way you want it or you get it the way you thought you were going to have it or or that it's it it goes it that it's going to be easy. That was 7 years ago. And and God provided me a midwifery business. He provided me friends, he provided me um, church, he provided me um he gave favored us and in the midst of that favor was some betrayal I mean we made some decisions to not be in a um, made some decisions in to not be in a particular fellowship that we had been in for a couple of years and and that caused a lot of hurt hurt that I didn't mean to cause it caused rumors. It caused betrayal. I was putting out ghost fires because I didn't know where this talk was coming from, who it was coming from, or why it was happening. Um, a lot of things happened along that path. But one thing that didn't change, no matter what happened around me, was the assignment. And the assignment was to love, to love my husband, to love my children, to be a keeper of my home, a gatekeeper to my home, and to do ministry in everyday life, to love one another, love people. And as much as I thought it was going to be one way, I don't regret leaving my life and moving 3,000 miles to this new life because I know that I'm on assignment. I know that I know that I know that no matter what it looks like in front of me right now, it's going to turn out good. It's going to be okay. And that even the next part of this assignment, I'm still in the middle in a sense of that assignment because I've chosen to stay here and we live here and we planted our roots here and it's not been easy it's it's I feel I've we've been misunderstood we've been lied about gossiped about betrayed we've also been loved and cheered on and encouraged and such is life and we've learned to forgive we've learned to forgive without an apology We've learned to love, even though we could hate, especially when betrayal's involved. It's, it's hard to keep loving. It's hard not to feel hate. I've never struggled with hate until I struggled with betrayal and with gossip. It's, it's really hard to keep loving you're, it's hard to love your enemy. I mean, Yeshua said, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you know how hard that is? 
You know what's hard? It's hard because you love people and and that's why hate would even creep in because as I was struggling with trying not to hate, I was really struggling with hate for a little bit. And as I was struggling with, with it's because I was so hurt. I was so hurt. And it was, it was hard not to hate in that hurt. It was hard not to feel like you wanted revenge and to be angry and speak back. But I didn't. I didn't. I kept my silence. I, kept, I brought it to the Lord. And one day I said, God, help me. I don't want to hate them. Please help me not to hate. And he said, Corey, you can't hate what you first didn't love. And it was then that I recognized that it wasn't hate but hurt. It wasn't hate but hurt. It was almost like I wanted to protect my own heart from the pain of having trusted someone, of having loved someone, and having been betrayed by them. It's a really hard place. And all of us have probably been through in, through that in some way, been misunderstood, misquoted, lied about, for whatever reason. Um, I mean, I think the most hurtful thing in that season was that people that I knew that should have known me didn't even ask me if those things that were being said were true. I think that's the hardest part is that true friends would take it right back to the source and that didn't happen. And I feel like that was, that was another betrayal all in itself. But the assignment is without repentance. God gave us the assignment. He knew this was going to happen. He knew there would be struggles. And yet he still gave it. Why? I'm going to mess it up. I'm human. I'm not going to do it perfectly. Why would he do that? Because God knows. He knows what we're made of. Because he made us. And he knew we weren't going to quit. And he knew we weren't going to say never mind. And he knew we weren't going to give up. And he knew that it was going to make us stronger even though it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. The expectations, the the hopes, the all of it. It hurts so bad. And and yet the assignment, God, it says it, it says that the there's a, a saying: the anointing makes room for you. So the places that God has gifted you and anointed you in actually make room for you. So. I wanted to encourage you with that story. I hope it's encouraging to you because here I am on the other side, many years down the road, still here, still still on assignment. My assignment is smaller. It's 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 pinpoint. It's laser. It's laser um, focused. It's loving my husband. It's in this season, it's about loving my husband. It's about loving my children, loving my family, and letting God love me and loving other people. And it's it's not it's not um, always pretty. It's not glorifying and amazing. It's hard. It's hard. But I have said yes, and I continue to say yes. And Holy Spirit continues to open those doors that, when it's time for them to be opened, and he's been faithful so what assignment are you on what are you here for and if you don't know I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you just say God what am I here to do whatever he is giving you to do do it well 
do it with love. There's, there's, there's nothing that breaks down strongholds and principalities and powers more than love. Even if it's not returned, love. Even if it's not, even if there's been no apology, forgive, love. Even if it hasn't gone the way that you thought it should go, don't give up. that encouraged you today to be on assignment to stay on assignment and to not give up remember God says that he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes so stand in that stay in assignment and stay in faith Hey, this is Corey. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you liked what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Have a wonderful day. See you next time.